are back with another episode of JR Takes. As always, Ryan and I coming at you with the latest Seattle sports news. And we got some good news, we got some bad news, and we got some average news, I'll say. <laughs> um, and I think we'll start off with the... You want to start off with the bad news? Yeah, the Seahawks? Yeah, yeah, let's start sure. off with the bad let's news. Let's get them out of the way. So yeah, so this, fun stuff. the season, with everything on the line, um, they blew it. Uh, there's pretty much nothing else to say other than letting Najee Harris run for over what did he run for 200 yards or was it just 100? Him with, and Jalen Warren combined. Okay, yeah, and he has almost, he could have had three rushing touchdowns, which that's embarrassing. Yeah, ending with a merciful slide on our three yard line was about as embarrassing as it could possibly get. And let me let me just set the stage for what happened on Sunday. You have everything to play for. You're coming into the game at 8 and 7 with a chance to control your own destiny and get into the playoffs in your home finale. In front of a roaring crowd that looked like it was about half Steelers fans, I guess by the way, which mm-hmm. was awful, but anyways, you got everything to play for in the world. You got a third string quarterback coming in. And spearheading an offense that has been so abysmal this season that they fired their offensive coordinator midseason. And you force one punt. You miss 20 tackles. That is not an exaggeration. You missed, They missed five tackles on one play with Jalen Warren. And I'm not, none of this is an exaggeration. These are facts. You gave up 100 and I believe 37 yards after contact against a team that has not had over 200 rushing yards in, I believe, five years or something like that, I can't imagine more of a just disastrous outcome for a defense to have. And you know what is an amazing stat that I saw today? What's that? From 2010 to 2021, Pete Carroll coached teams forced zero or one punts only in a game on defense a combined in that 11 year time span six times since clint hurt has taken over it's happened seven times in two years so i just gotta say i'm done with that defensive regime i don't i mean we were supposedly switching to a three four we don't really even do it that often, and the changes that we have made, they've been a disaster. And I don't want to put it all on him because clearly, 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 our guys just did not show up ready to play a game of football in a physical manner at all well, on Sunday. Clint? But I, I don't know. Something's got to change here because that was, that was as bad as it gets as a defensive performance. Yeah, I agree. But I did hear Clint Hurt the other day in a, like in an interview um, throughout this week. He mentioned that it that the defense were were preaching, you know, wrapping up and tackling and all this, that, and the other, and it's just not being executed in the game. So I'm wondering, like, is like obviously you just listed off those unfavorable Clint Hurt stats, but is it all the coaching or is it personnel too? Because Tariq Woolen's the one not making tackles like every single game. <laughs> I mean, I I do think it's both, but I also am like, hey, if your cornerback has to make a tackle every play, you're fucking up pretty bad schematically or execution wise. Because 
let's face it. That's you, I mean, you want your linebackers to be making most of your tackles, which they do. Bobby is again top two in tackles this league and or this year in the league, and he actually just got voted to the Pro Bowl again, which is kind of weird. I feel like it's mostly name recognition, but I feel like beyond coverage, Bobby's played solid this year. It's been a you know unspectacular but adequate Bobby Wagner season. You mean the Bobby Wagner, the Pro Bowler Bobby Wagner? That Bobby Wagner? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyways. Love Bobby Wagner, but Pro Bowl, come on. Julian Love. Julian Pro Love Bowl. in the Pro Bowl is obscene. <laughs> Devin Witherspoon is the only one I think that deserved it. Yeah. Like, if we're just talking objectively, like, not putting my fandom side out of it, like, I wouldn't have voted for Bobby. The three Seahawks, I think, this year that deserve the Pro Bowl were Michael Dixon, our punter. Yeah. Devin Witherspoon and DK. I think those yeah, are the. Th- DK not make it? Uh, the know. NFC's just got so many good receivers. Oh, okay. I mean, Brandon Ayuk didn't even make the Pro Bowl, and he had a fantastic year this season. So it's. I don't know. I got to say, uh, I, I'm joked around a couple weeks ago after we beat the Eagles and was like, oh, watch us win the next couple games and then drop. Uh, or watch us lose in two weeks to Mitch Trubisky. And I was almost right. We just lost to Mason Rudolph instead. Um, I think and we would have beaten them if it was Mitch Trubisky, but st- I, Mason Rudolph's not much better to well, lose to. I don't know, man. Mason Rudolph, he's won them two games in a row now. He's beaten us and the Bengals, and he knows who to get the ball to. Like, George like- Pickens kind of – I mean, he didn't have any touchdowns against us, but he had, what, like – eight receptions for almost 100 yards yeah and that over the shoulder catch he made on that deep bomb from trubisky on like third and 12 or whatever that was that was an incredible play yeah so kenny pickett is not doing that trubisky can't even do that in his dreams i had a bad feeling in going into this game because we've been so inconsistent all season that i felt like this game was going to be like the epitome of this season we're like red hot on fire we have everything in front of us and then we just blow it so I think the toughest thing to watch about this game was just that the Steelers flat out wanted it more, and they were tougher and more physical than us. And they that just sucks to yeah, say that. <laughs> like I mean, that that doesn't get more humiliating, especially at home, and especially for a team that's coached by Pete Carroll. Like I don't recognize this level of softness out of a Pete Carroll coach team. Like, do we have the wrong players out there? I don't. I don't know. I'm a little bit at a loss for, for words for this defense. We haven't even talked about the offense. Um, I guess we could shift gears to that in a minute here. But, yeah, I mean, we're going to spend a lot of time this offseason, which is likely beginning next week, um, talking about this defense because it's been nothing but dog shit for we're going on, like, six years. If, you, mm-hmm. if you're really being objective about it, we haven't had an above-average defense since 2016. Mm-hmm. So... Yikes. But I I don't really know what else to say about the defense other than really the things we opened with because it just what else is there to say other than the lack of effort on those inside the five-yard line touchdown runs where Najee stopped at the five-yard line and that team just wants it so much more than you that their whole squad pushes him into the end zone and half our guys are standing there like, oh, oh okay, I guess he's scoring just bad bad look (laughs) bad look all around yeah it's it's not great not great um yeah moving forward to the offense uh i i think i heard something the other day where we're we're what 29th in the nfl in rush attempts 
That sounds about right. But I think a lot of that is because we don't get the fucking ball because the defense never gets off the field. Well, I was going to say because we never convert on third down. We've gotten a lot better on third down the last like four weeks or so, but it was a big problem up until that point for sure. But I, I still, even even then, I still think the biggest problem of this team is that, that we get so few drives a game because our defense can't force a damn three and out. They can't force a punt. They're only saving graces when they force turnovers, and they're still like 26th in the league at that. So there's just there's nothing this defense is good at, and it's making the offense look worse. But I actually thought overall, I mean, what, we got 23 points against the Steelers? That's a good defense. There's nothing wrong with getting 23 points against a defense that good, and especially when your run game is absolutely stifled by that defensive front there. So I, th- I thought, you know, the, the fumble was bad. But it's not like he had a ton of time on the play. Um, I thought Gino, I'd give him like a B plus for the day, especially that first half was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. He escaped some pressures from TJ Watt and made some throws downfield to Noah Fant, who, you know, came back from the grave seemingly to make some plays. I feel like I haven't said his name since week three or four against the Giants when he had that big play from Drew Locke. But uh, yeah, solid game from Gino. Uh, DK, once again, had an ac- excellent performance besides the penalty. And JSN had that awesome touchdown catch. And then we I don't even know if he got a target the rest of the game. Um, a de- disturbing development with our offense, though, is I don't know if it's just me and I'm being too hard on the guy, but I feel like Tyler is kind of slipping a little bit. Yeah. What, what do you think? I agree. I've noted. I mean... I feel like he's almost single-handedly lost us a couple games with his drops. I mean, the Dallas game, we would have probably won that if he makes that. It was a tough catch, but I feel like we've grown so accustomed to Tyler making all of those catches yeah. all the time that when he yeah. doesn't, it's, like, devastating. It's concerning, and he is, what, 31? So, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so, I mean, JSN sort of resembles his body type, I would say. So A little bigger. JSN's, like... He's kind of built almost like a running back, sort of like, because I, I think he's like what, like six one, two hundred pounds or something. Is he that heavy? I think he's a, I think he's a two hundred guy. Huh. I'm not sure, but hmm. um, Tyler's Tyler's little. Yeah. So, but they, similar skill set at this point in their careers, I would say. Jason doesn't have the speed that Tyler used to have, but what he has in his lateral quickness is special. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <sighs> I wanted to uh, change gears a little bit and talk about... I don't know if you want to still talk about the abysmal performance against Pittsburgh because I'm ready to just kind of flush it and move on to the Arizona game and just Uh, kind of talk about what's at stake here in this final upcoming week. I guess just wanted to talk about some things on the injury front and the offensive line specifically. So Abe Lucas, probably done for the year. Um, Yeah, I'm really worried about his health for career wise yeah, he was healthy for zero games this season yeah and you know when when even we had a 60 percent healthy abe lucas our offense was so much better so he means a lot to this team but it's a issue with his knee that's been bothering him for apparently over a year apparently it happened last season i thought it was the same thing that was happening to him in college too it might be yeah so, uh, and I remember Pete Carroll saying something about degenerative tissue or something like that in his knee, and 
those things don't typically get better. So it, it's concerning. And, you know, when we drafted this guy, you, we were, we're thinking we hit a home run. We have a right tackle for the next decade. But I don't know. I don't, I don't know where we stand with that front. And um, I guess that is the last thing I want to talk about in regards to the Steelers game because that's probably the last time we'll we'll see him play this season. Yeah. Hopefully he can get back next year. But we still have a chance at the playoffs with this Arizona game if we win and if the Packers lose. So, funnily enough, it's the exact same scenario we found ourselves in Week 18 of last season. But I feel like the vibe it couldn't be different than it was last season you know you have a chance to go nine and eight make the playoffs last year it was like the most hype thing ever this year i'm kind of like i almost just want us to lose honestly like i i know that's like loser (laughs) shitty mentality to have as a fan but this team is not going anywhere this year i'm very i'm very apathetic about this game coming up this week like i just it's like if we win okay I can't lose, even okay. use, like, buckle up as motivation to, like, you know, have a comedic factor into the game. Because, honestly, I feel like he's kind of a good coach. He's really kept this bad Arizona team in a lot of games this year. And they just beat the Eagles in Philly. Pretty, yeah, he's won some pretty contested games. And for, like, being made fun of as much as he was to start the year, like, kind of, like, good for him. Yeah. For, like, coaching good enough to with all the buckle up and fire in your guts and take the bus here moments he has had um yeah i'm like this is no shoe in victory this weekend no tyler murray is i mean i'm worried he's just gonna run all over us we've definitely struggled mightily with mobile quarterbacks all season we have a really good track record events against kyler murray but i i don't really feel like that matters because in this current form our defense has not played against him at all Mm -hmm. so i don't know i i think this game will probably be a shootout however if we're gonna actually go into predictions um i don't even really know what to say on whether we win or lose um what do you think i don't know i i think we're gonna win because we always make the most the most difficult road for us our reality <laughs> um we did it last year we're doing it we already did it this year by losing last week so it's like i feel like we're gonna win and chicago's gonna win and we're just gonna go to the playoffs and who knows from <laughs> there but i i kind of agree with you because <laughs> the bears defense has been on fire for about six weeks now and justin fields is playing the best football of his career i know jordan love is actually you know kind of turned on the jets this season as well but that green bay defense is is bad and their coordinator is maybe the worst d coordinator in the league according to some people who know a lot more than me so I kind of agree with you. I think we're going to win this gross game, like 38 to 36. And I think Geno's going to have like four touchdowns. And it's probably going to be fun to watch. I am actually, now that I'm thinking about it, excited. It's just this Steelers game and the Rams game we lost. Like, I can't remember a loss that made me feel worse than those two games there. I, even going back like five years. Maybe I could think of a couple, but it's hard. You have to go back quite a few years. And, um, yeah, I, do, I just feel like 
given how this whole season has gone, you're exactly right. Like we are going to take the most difficult path possible <laughs> to the playoffs and just just like all of the other chaotic things that have happened this season, I, th- I think it will happen. I think we will make it as the seventh seed and be playing more than likely Dallas by the looks of it because of what happened with that crazy penalty fuck-up in the Detroit-Dallas game last week. Yeah, that was insane. That's, <clears throat> that is handing Dallas the division and the number two seed. So that was a ref fuck-up, or was that a Dan Campbell fuck-up? It was confirmed to be a ref fuck-up. There's a video of 68 going up to the ref and and reporting as eligible, and the ref... I I have no explanation for what happened there, but the Lions did everything Not a good look that it was in favor of the Cowboys, either. On Jimmy Johnson's Ring of Honor night. Yeah, it's not a good look at all. And Lions fans have a right to be irate because they got a win flat out stolen from them. That's worse than the the fail Mary game by far. Well, this makes me kind of happy because I feel like we could go into Dallas and kick their ass. So, I think we could beat them. I mean, we like with better officiating, we might have beat them the first time, especially if Lockett makes that catch. So I'm not afraid of them. No, I think they're a better team than us, but the better team doesn't always win. So that would be a really if we go in if if we make okay let me back up if we win on sunday and the bears win and then the next week we go into dallas and win this season is a roaring success for sure agreed so there's still a one percent chance that the 2023 seahawks have a good story written about them but i feel like they are teetering so close to the edge of the cliff of just just end it all that it's it's almost like less than a pipe dream to to think about you know <laughs> yeah i was thinking i was thinking just now though the thought of like <clears throat> it being good for our young nucleus to have a playoff game under their belt even if they lose even if they get blown out like yeah. they still made it and they've still been in that so well, and if we get a playoff win i mean fuck man we haven't got a playoff win since 2019 and that was against the eagles practice squad so it was I'm, against josh mccown i'm starving for one like, yeah i i would i would happily take that route like that's that would be great it's just there's no logical part of my brain that thinks it's gonna happen <laughs> agreed yeah i not not much else to say other than that other than i mean yeah it would be i beating dallas would be satisfying just for like a i guess a fan trash talking potential perspective it'd be hilarious um <laughs> and we would get to see stephen a smith in a cowboy hat the following day <laughs> like talking shit and it'd be awesome um and skip would have to like freak the fuck out on his new show i don't even remember what it's called yeah who cares but anyway (laughs) uh um but do i think that we can you know follow that up with beating the 49ers no but i mean every time it seems like i predict something to happen this year the wrong the opposite happens so i don't know i'll just roll with the punches ride it out with this team and see what happens yep because I mean, what do we got to lose at this point? Exactly. Uh, prediction for the score? Did we? You said thirty-eight, thirty-six. Sure. Yeah, we'll go with that. I'm gonna say thirty-one, twenty-seven. We win. Yes. Okay. 
All right, well, let's hope that we can handle Buckle Up and the boys and moving on to the better Seattle team to talk about. Moving on to the next evening of football. Yeah, the Washington Huskies are in the natty. For the first time in my lifetime of remembrance, I don't remember the last time they made it. 91. Okay, yeah, then neither of us were even alive. Yeah, but that that was different, though, because they had to, like, college football was obviously not the same like playoff blueprint wise as it was back in the 90s even 10 years or even i don't know when the college football playoff started i think it was 10 years ago yeah it was like 2014 yeah yeah that that sounds about right but um no the huskies back then only had to go 12 and 0 they didn't have to win another three games yeah so and didn't they like share the championship with miami yeah. i believe yeah so which is like how did that ever happen? I don't know. I think that was very common back then for teams to just share a national. I don't. College football is weird. It is weird. But um, yeah, I'm. I genuinely believe that they're gonna win on Monday, just because I feel like their offense is so next. It's it's, it's not like an NFL it, offense, it, dude. It, it's not quite an NFL offense, but it's pretty damn near close because well, you have their offensive line. Like three of those guys are going pro. And then you have their three receivers. All of those guys are going pro. And they're all going pro as top 100 picks. Yeah. Like, that's not just a NFL receiving core. That's a better NFL receiving core than a lot of current NFL teams, in my opinion. Like, you think the Panthers would take that over their current disaster? So, yeah. and yeah, like, I, I'm with you. I mean, it's it's kind of, in a way, sort of like when the 2013 Broncos faced the Legion of Boom, where mm-hmm. you have the best college defense versus arguably the best college offense. And, you know, typically the defense does pretty well in those matchups, so I'm hoping that's not the case. But I just feel like as long as Penix can get time in this game, it's it, it could go in our favor because the defensive line of the tech uh texas the longhorns last week was kind of their their main strength and what everyone was saying was going to be too much for the washington offensive line oh they haven't played a big boy team they haven't played a a real defense like you know down here in texas well you know they didn't run up the middle well but everything else they wanted to do they did with easy success beyond the stupid cute plays that they tried to do in the second half for some reason but yeah michael Penix. I guess let's back up and talk about the game against Texas a little more because that was maybe the best quarterbacking performance I've watched this season, period. I really was blown away by Penix. And it really, for me, all I kept thinking was, man, he must have not been healthy the last after that first Oregon game because the Michael Penix we got for the first chunk of the season and again against Texas is incredible well you think about it he had a whole month off to get healthy yeah and that's what you get when you get a healthy michael Penix. you get a quarterback of a team that they should have blown texas out the fumble on the punt return wipe seven points off of texas right there i know it's football mistakes happen but it's like that was a gift gift wrap seven points there you mm-hmm. go and then late in the game they're fucking passing the ball when they could literally kneel it they don't even have to run like conserve Dylan Johnson, whatever. But instead they're like doing exactly what they did in the apple cup, 
when they had the ball on the 25 and they could have just ran the ball three times and kicked the field goal, but instead they like try to throw meaningless touchdowns. Yeah, it made being up by, what was it, eight? Or yeah, it was, they were either going to be up by nine or up by 16 in that situation. That makes no difference. It's a two score game either way and there's like three minutes left. Yeah. Just take a knee, kick the damn field goal, and make Texas use their second timeout. Because. Even if Texas scores after you get the onside kickback or whatever, you're kneeing your way to the national championship. It was the easy, a kid playing Madden would have known what to do there. <laughs> Yet for no reason, they drop back and try to throw a touchdown, save that timeout for Mexi- uh, Texas. It would have been better if they just took a sack there. Yeah, uh, They almost let this game slip away in the series of the most just heinous, unbelievable mistakes I've ever watched. And it starts with, you know, failing to take a knee or run there and make Texas take the timeout. But then you give up the long drive from Texas. And when you get the ball back, or, well, I guess first they fucking, um, no, I'm sorry. I'm I'm mixing up my order here. So you get the ball back. You just want to burn some clock. Yeah. And then what happens you're sitting there with 45 seconds left. All you got to do is just run and or take a knee and milk some more clock. They do a run play, and your guy gets injured and saves about 38 seconds of clock for Texas. And then when you punt, the fucking long snapper runs into the punt returner for no reason during his fair catch, all of a sudden Texas is immediately at like the 40-yard line with basically a minute. Yeah, it's it was terrible. It was un- like, and then immediately after that, they give up a huge play when they're just running man coverage instead of the simple prevent, you know, that would just make them dink and dunk their way down the field and take forever. It was just fucking crazy. But I forget the guy's name that broke up that last pass. That was an awesome awesome play. It was a hell of a play and if you look at the back angle of it it looks exactly like the sherman uh, is eerie yeah it's yeah like the, the same exact the area tip. of the field yeah it it was it was fucking awesome <laughs> um but one thing i wanted to say that um i do i do agree with you it is uh, rem- reminding me a little bit of like the broncos seahawks 2013 super bowl matchup because you had the best offense against the best defense but we were the underdogs in that game mm-hmm. the seahawks were and the Huskies are the underdogs in this game. so Yeah, ESPN has given them like a 20% chance to win. And yeah, Michigan like an 80% chance. That doesn't it, surprise me at all because, I mean, you think about it, a lot of the Pac-12 games are at 7 o'clock at night. Like East Coast East Coast media is not wa- staying up to watch those games. Yeah, sometimes it's too late for me on the West Coast. <laughs> I'm like, uh, no, I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> Yeah, so that is one thing I have to say in like in the Huskies' defense. I don't think it's just the same narrative of oh the best offense is just going to get pushed around by the best defense. Like I don't think it's always that simple. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited. I'm looking forward to seeing how the run game, especially Dylan Johnson, because he is playing. I guess he is. Oh, he's going to make it. He is going to play. That's what I was. That's what I heard today. Um, but we'll see. I. He might be just a decoy because the next guy behind him is apparently a true freshman, mm-hmm. which in a national championship game, that that kind of smells like fumble to me. 
Yeah, what is he, 18, 19? <laughs> that's, that's a crazy position to be in as a child, basically. Yeah, so I don't know. We'll see. But uh, I've got I've got the Huskies winning in a shootout. Um, I'm going to say it's going to be 34-31. Okay. I'm thinking it's going to be 24-20. Mm. That's my prediction. I think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring. Yeah, I could see that. But I just think that the... I think it's going to start off like it did last week, that the Huskies are going to score early, and then the kind of how Alabama did to Michigan, and Michigan's going to have to answer back, and it's just going to be a, a back and forth. Because the Husky defense, I don't know. They got a good edge rusher. They got a good corner or two, but yeah, it's not exactly... It's not the Vita Vea defense of no. the past or anything like that. Definitely not. But I guess the one final thing I wanted to talk about as far as um, Seattle sports news, um, Mitch Hanniger, welcome back to Seattle. Uh, we traded away Robbie Ray. Um, can't say I'm sorry to see him go. He, I mean... He wasn't very good for us. It was an exciting acquisition back when we got him, but he didn't really perform ever to what we paid him for. And he was never a Cy Young caliber pitcher. And then he lost uh, well i mean he was put in the playoff game against houston threw it right down the middle and we lose um so yeah i can't and then following season he gets tommy john surgery so can't really say i'm gonna miss the guy uh he kind of had a jamal adams type of tenure here minus the attitude (laughs) um but yeah i don't know I'm, i'm happy to see mitch back because apparently robbie ray was a big uh clubhouse guy he was like a leader but so is Mitch Hanniger. So I kind of think that that was a little bit of an underrated trade right there. Well, it's just nice to see them make a move that people aren't, like, furious at. Because I feel like that's all it's been <laughs> since yeah. September. And I feel like because we traded our only left-handed pitcher, I mean, we've got to be at least looking at Blake Snell of, or something. Because mm. – or, or not. I mean, this team just proves to – do the thing i think that they should do like they ought the opposite so (laughs) who knows well i'm certainly not making any predictions but it's just it's just nice to see them do something yeah because it's been a very dark off season for (laughs) for seattle so far yeah yeah i'll i'll uh tip my cap off to that one so I know we got to get going here, but I just wanted to do one little quick around the league segment. Uh, yeah, did you hear yeah. what Aaron Rodgers said about Jimmy Kimmel? I did. It was pretty funny. Um, but it's also like a pretty bold ac- accusation to make. Yeah, I um, mean, I don't know if you listen to Nick Wright's take on I it. I do, yes. I actually thought Nick Wright's, uh, if you haven't listened to that audio clip, it's about 14 minutes long, and he just kind of... Puts the whole Aaron Rodgers situation in perspective, and I kind of just found myself saying, yeah, that's just all true. About how he has, like, sort of a platform for all these idiots that agree with his takes but do no sort of background checks on it or anything. Yeah, and I mean, like, it's it's he used the word uh, Rodgers is kind of a malignant force, and I, I kind of agree with it because it's like I, like, I don't... You know, like him talking about doing ayahuasca or going into the, the, the darkness retreat or whatever. I just think that's interesting, like cool. But him just like pushing these like untrue narratives that are like verifiably untrue and kind of 
cultivating this like weird army of supporters online that like just they shit on any, everyone that disagree with him. It's just weird. I don't know. I really kind of don't like the the character that that he's become in the last couple of years here. Never been a big Rogers fan, period, to be honest with you. But yeah, I don't know. It's just it's really weird. Like I I don't know what that guy is watching in his spare time. Yeah, I think it's weird too and but I mean I can't my only response is like I guess we'll just wait and see if he's right or if he's lying. Like I mean, I don't I guess I don't really care that much. Um at, I mean, it's not, it's like, not like, like I big care picture about wise. But yeah, but um I don't know. I guess I just it's just an interesting I just topic, wish the guy, I like, I like listening to Aaron Rodgers talk about football. I just wish he would shut the fuck up about the conspiracy bullshit. Well, I mean, to be fair, though, it's like, why is everyone getting, like, mad that he's on the Pat McAfee show every week and everyone's like, oh, he wants to be in the spotlight all the time? It's like, he's Pat McAfee's friend. Like, it's not his fault that everyone tunes in to watch that every week. Like, I'm not mad that he's on the Pat McAfee show. I just feel like... Too often he's gone on that show and said something really stupid and kind of like like ill intended and Pat never challenges him on anything. Cause he's his friend, you know? It's like it's a similar thing to when like Joe Rogan has some moron on that says something like, you know, verifiably untrue, misleading or stupid right. and just is like yeah and and then like people just run away with it and it's like i'm not a censorship person at all i just think like when you are running a show like that you have a responsibility to like you know steer the conversation in a in the right direction when things are going off the rails sure is all i'm trying to say and i just feel like i agree i agree with that yeah but again like yeah there there is a responsibility aspect i i I think if this show was popping off like the Pat McAfee show, I don't think you would find me or Ryan accusing Jimmy Kimmel of being on the fucking yeah. Epstein we're not list we're not getting Alex like Jones on the show. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know you all probably thought we would get Alex Jones to come on here and explain <laughs> Chancellor Palpatine and why he <laughs> fucking <That> betrayed. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, no, that's it. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, he does. I mean, he didn't need to say any of those things. So yeah, you gotta you gotta wonder: Is this guy does does he just say these things because he likes to be in the spotlight? But then again, it's like my other argument with that, like I just said, is like he likes to just go on the show and talk with his buddy. Like, but there's the argument to that as well, where you can't just fucking accuse random celebrities of serious shit like that (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean it's like if he just went on and said like oh jimmy kimmel is a shitty comedian i'd be like oh that's funny but like (laughs) it's being like oh jimmy kimmel committed crimes that would get him locked away for life (laughs) it's a little different (laughs) yeah that's like not like shit talking you know like that's a little serious it's almost like a bad introductory stand-up joke like that's a little too much there, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But anyways, that's uh, that's pretty much it for me. You got anything else? Nope. Other than go dogs, go hawks, and hopefully 
we can make more moves to the Mariners in the offseason, but we'll see. Not, yeah. not too uh, confident in that. And another silver, silver lining for the Seahawks, if this season doesn't go well, we can get right into draft season, baby. And I'm excited. I think this is going to be – this looks like the best draft class of the last three or four years. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that one. All right. Well, thanks for checking into the JR Tech Sportscast once again. Yep. Thanks for stopping by, and we'll see you next time.